good day, friends. Welcome to May 19th and today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. It's Friday. You made it. And we are so excited about the weekend at Emmanuel. We will be finishing John 14 this weekend. And what a fantastic chapter this has been. So I invite you to join us either in person or online and continue tracking through the Gospel of John with us uh, all through the summer months. I think we will be wrapping up John somewhere around the end of August or early September. Um, But right now today we are in Psalm 78 and we're going to take our next step. So we left off yesterday with um, with this this people, the northern tribe, Ephraim, or uh, the northern tribe of Israel, playing God. They're uh, they're flattering him. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 36. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, but they lied unto him with their tongues. They remembered uh, after their pain. So verse 34. When he slew them, then they sought him. They returned and inquired after God. We talked about people relating to God only on the basis of pain, only on the basis of discomfort. And yet that the more we understand his covenant, verse 37, the more our heart is right with him and that we are steadfast and growing up in his covenant love, the more his love compels us. And rather uh, rather than simply the, uh, the desire to exploit him or to use him or to leverage his power or to treat him like a concierge or a genie or to flatter him, when life gets bad, suddenly we turn to God. That's the, that's the 21st century iteration of this, is that humanity has not changed. We still tend to fall away, drift away from God, backslide, until life gets hard, and then we run back to him, and we turn back to him, and we ask him for his help. We tend to take his blessings and uh, idolize the blessings. We forget the giver in light of the gifts, and we chase after the gifts as though they're going to resolve the desires of our heart, and as though they can love us. We chase after material things. We chase after circumstantial things. We chase after personal gratification and pleasure, and we, we fail to see that God is the giver of all these things. It is his grace and his mercy. And so, Verse 38, we read about God's heart, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. Those that asked, those that sought, those that trusted and believed, those that placed their expression of faith through that, those that expressed faith through that sacrificial system that pointed to Jesus, that lamb on that altar, um, they were forgiven. He forgave their iniquity. He destroyed them not. Uh, the contrast here is though they, de- though they deserved it, though we deserve destruction, God chooses forgiveness. God chooses mercy. So he forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Again, justice cries for wrath. Justice cries for judgment. It is appropriate. It is right. It is fair, it is reasonable that God would deal with us in anger and wrath or with the world or with our country in anger and wrath. And yet, what does he do? What is he doing right now? He is choosing to deal with us in mercy and grace. He is turning away. He is withholding his anger, his justice, his judgment. I'm talking about corporately, uh, individually, if you're saved, if you know Jesus Christ, 
wrath and anger have been permanently turned away from you. And we rejoice in that. That's what we celebrate. That's why we worship him. That's why we praise him. That's why we live in love and gratitude to him. But I'm talking about now globally, corporately, nationalistically. Why is God, why does his anger delay? It is because his grace and mercy and long-suffering are long. His mercy is reaching out. Verse 39, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and comes, cometh not again. I take hope in verse 39 the, that God understands, that God understands who I am. He understands my weakness. That's why it took Jesus on the cross. It took a strong Savior to save a weak sinner like me. It, took a, it takes a strong Savior to secure a struggling, growing believer, a flesh-trapped believer like me and like you. And here's the good news of grace. And I think I'll just leave it here for today. He remembers we are but flesh. He remembers that you are but flesh. Why, why does God not destroy me every time I make a mistake, every time I trip up, every time I sin? Why does God withhold? Well, number one, because of Jesus, okay? But why did he send Jesus? Secondly, because he knows. I'm, I can't save myself. I am but flesh. Who am I? What is man that thou art mindful of him? We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet, though he knows we are that low, he knows we are but flesh. What does the song say? Um, that saved a wretch like me or for such a worm as I. Now, I understand in God's eyes, after redemption, we are the cherished children of his heart. We are the treasure of his delight. But, but prior to salvation, we deserve nothing from him. We are but flesh. And I just take great hope in, in, in knowing the fact that he remembers my weakness, and through my weakness and in my weakness, he is strong. And I was a wind that passes away and comes not again. But now I have zoe, I have eternal life, I have everlasting life wrapped up in my soul and in my spirit because of the grace of God. Thank you, God, for remembering that we are but flesh. Thank you for remembering that we need a Savior. Thank you for intervening with your mercy and your grace. My friend, what a great thing to meditate on throughout this day. He knows your weakness and he is strong in it. So thanks for joining me today. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. I hope to see you Sunday. If not, we'll be back again on Monday. Happy Friday.